0: to spirits podcast episode 22 hometown urban legends oh man i'm so excited actually we haven't really shared any personal stories yet so i'm super stoked about this weird ass place yeah long island is like on the one hand totally vapid of culture and on the (laughs) other hand like in the in the middle of so many like new england new jersey you know immigrant stories Mm -hmm. new york city lore it's it's a pretty cool place I i think everyone's got sort of their own uh Their own hometown urban legends and folklores and stuff. And I just guess you don't hear about them until you really dive into it. Exactly. And and something that you think is really normal to you and your friend group, you suddenly, you know, in college or in the workplace, bring up to someone, they're like, well, what are you talking about? Yes. Midnight Mary, you yeah. know? Um, and yeah, I mean, this is a, a week of homecoming for a lot of our U.S. listeners. Um, not everyone, you know, goes home for Thanksgiving. Not everyone likes it. It's not always an easy holiday. Not everyone celebrates Thanksgiving. Exactly. Um, but one thing that we all do have in common is that we all have hometowns. And we thought it'd be very cool to share with you some tales from ours. Yeah. Um, So if you are going home for Thanksgiving and you have a hometown story that you want to share with us, or if you're not going home for Thanksgiving, you want to share a little slice of your home with us. We just uh, like hearing from you. Please help. Yes. uh, Tweet us, Facebook, uh, email Spiritspodcast.gmail? Yes. Uh, Spiritspodcast everywhere. We want to hear it. It'll keep us entertained while we're with our families. Yeah, like and something else that I think would be awesome to do this week is to share the show with one person in your life who you love. You know, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who would get us. Share it with like your badass coworker across the office who you really want to bond with but haven't yet. Maybe you know the you and a friend will be driving home for Thanksgiving. Maybe you'll be going to get for you after midnight. Maybe you'll be driving down this like windy two-lane parkway to the beach in the middle of winter. Or maybe that's just what like Julian and I do. That is true. But you should share it with someone you love. Thank you guys, of course, for interacting with us on Twitter. Special thanks to Thea, which is soap by Thea. Thanks, Thea. Uh, Philip Ellis, who gave us a great shout out about our Medusa episode. Thank so you. Nice. uh Hangry Kicks, who gave us a really cool shout out and has one of the best names that have seen cool on name. Twitter. Just a cool oh, name. Awesome. Uh, and Allison Ayers. We'd also like to thank our newest patron, Darla Kelly, What Up Ireland, and our supporting producer level patron, Leanne Davis. Beautiful, I'm unique snowflake. Such Leanne a beautiful Davis. Uh, such a beautiful land mermaid. Mm -hmm. Um, We are teaching this month. I'm doing some audio extras about my favorite mythological poems. So if you sign up to be a $3 patron, just $3, you get access to our entire back catalog of audio extras and behind the scenes posts. Amanda's poetry reading voice is really, really pretty and beautiful and very relaxing. It's almost like I should have a radio show. Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) My voice (laughs) is not uh, like that. Oh no, not at all. Cool. So what are we drinking this week, Jules? Uh, I thought because we're going home we are we are from long island we are i picked a long island brewery one of my favorites uh, great south bay brewery they're it's not great. sponsoring us but they should hey uh, get in touch i totally we're doing the blood orange ipa i am usually not into fruity beers but this fruity beer passes it's pretty the good test. happy thanksgiving to those of you who are celebrating uh if you are not or if this is a hard time of year for you uh we feel you and we see you too so without further ado please enjoy spirits podcast episode 22 hometown urban legends So Thanksgiving is tomorrow. I, I can't believe, I can't believe it. I know that it, like, it's so dumb to hear people talk about how oh, time goes by so quickly, but I guess that it does man. this is how a life passes where, you know, without school semesters to kind of delineate your life, uh, suddenly you're 24 and a half. Yep, that's a little terrifying. I'm only one month into my 24, so I'm yeah, okay Jules with that. Yeah, Jules and I are almost a year apart, which, is, which was great when I got my license. Yes. And you didn't have to worry about it. Yes. but um, Nigel Sucked when we were be... going to bars and shit, though. It did. Yeah, yeah. I had to wait. You had to, had to wait, to wait that, for a while. That little year. That sucked. I love you enough that it was okay. I appreciate it. You got it. Okay, so Thanksgiving tomorrow. Thank God the year is almost done. It's mm-hmm. been a fucking killer-ass year in the bad way, not a good way. Not a yep. good killer. Get it out of here. Um, So... This is kind of the time where we all head home. It is. Yes. Uh, Thanksgiving, you traditionally, you head home, you spend time with your family, you go to those weird, sad hometown bars and see people from your kindergarten you class. You get super drunk on wine while you try and, like, not fight with your uncle over politics. Yep. Oh, that's not going to be fun Ooh, this year. nope, no, no. Um, the Wednesday is always when everyone gets super drunk beforehand, and is then you get super drunk again. I thought it was the, the, like, Friday, like, you start day drinking. No, even. I think it's, like, everyone starts drinking Wednesday like night to on, just get through. In Penn Station on the oh, train yeah, home. yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is long, long island. Folks, this is where we're from. As we said, uh, I think in the intro, Penn Station, train, beer, like. That means I need this, you know, paper bag covered forty to get through the next four hours. And then you stop at a bar on the way home. Oh. You see everyone from your elementary school. Yep, gotta make sure you look cute. Yeah, of course, that's important. Um, and then you go home, try and sleep until you smell turkey, and then <laughs> oh. and then roll out of bed. Doesn't sound so bad. We did some weird ass shit as teenagers. I feel like not bad. I mean, just like not weird. bad, just weird shit. Yeah, I feel like all like teenagers in small towns do weird shit not bad shit weird shit yeah like i don't know there's some kind of some kind of phenomenon behind like trying to really cling to like the lore of the place that you're from, maybe like knowing that you're going to leave for college soon kind of makes you want to put roots down or maybe you want to kind of legitimize this place that you grew up in, that it's, you know, not as cool as big cities and not as, you know, exotic as foreign countries, but there's something about this place too. Right. And I think it's also part of a rite of passage sort of situation. It is. Um, Yeah. You hear your older cousins and brothers and sisters and friends like, like go under the bridge to honk three times to do whatever. Yes. Which is what we're going to talk (gasps) about today. Okay. I we're gonna talk everything about, else about it. So we're gonna talk about the urban legends of our hometown of Long Island. Well, you know there is some stuff to be said for Long Island. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, us crazy teens always end up doing some crazy shit where we go to weird haunted places on Long Island yeah. or break into abandoned mental institutions and dumb shit like that. Yeah, there's there's a good there's a good like middle of the Venn diagram between like tragic crime. Yeah, um, like tragic state. Uh, actions perpetrated against vulnerable populations Mm -hmm. and then like weird like people's immigrants from italy and ireland and poland like telling you strange stories that gets transmogrified into an urban legend in the middle school cafeteria and that's what we're going to break into so here's a good one to start off with the king's park psychiatric center yeah you have heard of this every emo band on long island Needs to take a cover photo photo there. Jake's band took photos there. Of course. Jake, our resident cryptozoologist. Mm. Built in 1885. It opened up in 1895, but then was closed and abandoned in 1996. So, like a solid 100 100 years. years. 101 years. And it was a psychiatric facility. Psychiatric facility. Which is actually really interesting because the hospital was originally built to be a self sufficient community. Huh. So they grew their own food. They generated their own heat and electricity. Uh, it housed all its staff on site. Wow! Um, it even had its own uh, Long Island Railroad stop. Did it really? Yeah, it super did. Wow! Talk about a like a pariah type situation where like who stands up when you get to the Kings County Medical Facility? Stop. And like, uh, I guess have fun checking in on your relatives or checking in yourself. Ah. Um So, however. As the uh, psychiatric hospital grew and the number of patients grew, uh, they had to expand their buildings. So they ended up with um, 13 total buildings. Yeah, a bunch of outbuildings and stuff, right? Uh, The most famous one being Building 93. So patient numbers at the hospital peaked at 9,309. Shit. Uh, And at that point, the asylum started to turn to more invasive techniques, like prefrontal lobotomies and electroshock therapy. Right. Patient management in the form of, you know, making patients less, like, w- you know, able to move their own bodies. Right. It's, that, that shit, like, creeps me the fuck out, though, honestly. I know. Um, One of my, like... So I listen to lore because yes. lore is a excellent podcast, uh, but it usually doesn't spook me out too much. Right, the You are w- pretty high tolerance to yeah, spookiness. The one episode that he did about the dude who like went around the country and performed lobotomies oh, with no. an ice pick through people's eyes—that's a hard. That dip. fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fucking terrifying. So as I'm researching about Kings Park, that's like what keeps coming to mind for me. Yeah, because oh god, that's so freaking terrifying. Thanks, That was the norm for about 20-something years. And then in 1995, the first treatment of mental illness through a drug, which was called Thorazine, Yep. started happening, which very, means they could popular. actually start releasing their patients out into the world again. And that was in 95? uh, sorry, 1955. Oh, I was going to say. Did nine, I say 95? Yeah, that's, oh, that's when they closed. So, that's 1955. Okay, okay. So, with the introduction of Thorazine, a lot of the patients were able to leave the mental institution because right. they were able to manage their illness better regiment, and right. they had a treatment regimen and all of that and they were able to re-enter society. Yep. Um... So that's just the history of the Mm -hmm. asylum. Uh, Nowadays, it's rumored to be one of the most haunted locations on Long Island. It is a pretty picturesque wreck. Yeah, it is. Links in the show notes. Uh, and it has its own, like, I think it's its own exit off the highway. Like, yes. Y- yeah. So it's every time I pass it coming home from Oakdale, mm-hmm. uh, I am always like, huh, you yeah. know, I'm not going to go there. It's <laughs> super, super creepy. Um, so there's a bunch of rumors which have developed since it closed, um, about it. unexplained deaths. Uh, many of the patients were said to be murdered by other patients and they were covered up by the staff. I mean, let's be honest with the peak population of 10,000, like some of that shit's likely to be true. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's there's like a really thick woods surrounding the campus of the hospital. Naturally. And uh, there's rumors that like patients uh, got lost wandering into the woods and uh, mm. either escaped or went missing and died in the woods. So wow. there's a lot of crazy ass stories about that. Um, there's other ones that said that a lot of them tried to escape and drowned in the Lion Sound, which is right uh, north right of north where of it, the. Yeah hospital is that's kind of sad and scary yeah, it's kind of kind of sad one of the most interesting stories though uh revolves around the tunnels so yes. there were a bunch of tunnels that were built into the buildings around the grounds um for winter time for wintertime, so that uh patients or staff members yep. didn't have to brave the cold north shore long island winds <laughs> and i think back in the day it was slightly more snowy than it currently yeah, is. yeah no that's Thanks true climate change also the north shore is always snowier than the rest of long island yeah part of long island faces connecticut and is on this really like choppy sound think of whaling ships think of you know great gatsby that east egg type shit uh that's the north shore we're from the south shore which is beachy and relatively placid and has really good surfing uh teddy roosevelt once called it the sandy wastelands of the south shore wow Uh, the roosevelts were from the north shore sick burn Teddy. that's like intense i also hear that uh you you date girls from the south shore but you marry girls from the north Sure, your dad would say that. My dad didn't. No, no, no. Okay. Don't implicate my dad. No, I, that's just like I actually think it was my uncle Brendan, my dad's brother. Who's that? That right. But um, that's very that's very typical. You know, think yeah. of us as like the North Shore is near Connecticut, the South Shore is near Jersey. Uh, that's that's pretty. Indicative. That is actually pretty that's accurate. How I think about it. it is. Um, Uh, But yes, snow and wind and tunnels. So the tunnels connect all the buildings. Uh, They were said to house secret torture chambers and patients were kept against their will and experimented on. I mean, if you're going to detain a patient to experiment upon them. Secret tunnels, I guess that makes sense. Cellar, that makes sense. Uh, So building 93 is also considered the most haunted part of the uh, campus. How much do you want to bet that a pop punk band from Long Island has... Building Building 93 named Building 93. Or, like, there is a band named Building 93 somewhere. (laughs) Like, we'll research. Melodic death metal band, perhaps. Hey. Um, So, it housed most of the mental patients, uh, and it's where most of the mysterious, haunted sightings are supposed to take place. Mm. Um, A lot of times, many people will say they see faces in the windows of the building, (gasps) and one dude uh, said to. Was said to have gotten locked in there overnight. Oh, God. Um, in the story, he says that he kept uh, stepping in puddles, which when he was able to like see through the light of the windows, looked like blood. Ah! Uh, when he finally escaped the building, when dawn came out, the door he came through, when he looked back, said, evil inside. Wow. Some of spray painted evil inside, which I will include in the show notes because it actually is there. That that's a pretty legit myth. And I must say that faces and windows, there's just something super unnerving about yeah, it. It's super. About creepy. like about about, I don't know, faces being where faces shouldn't be. Yes. I just don't like it at all. I think also there's something super creepy just about abandoned buildings in general. Yeah, especially ones where there's furniture and stuff still inside. Um, Like there are some amazing, really sad photos out of places like Detroit. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this amazing gallery of Chernobyl and and the kind of town and the forests. I'll put whatever links I can find in the show notes. Um, But the sort of... I don't know, the impression of of a life on pause forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what really gets yeah, to me. Yeah, that's what I feel like is super creepy. And just uh, the idea that people were there and now they're not. Yeah. Like, this is not a livable place anymore. Right. This is a place where life was conducted and now, you know, it's a it's a place that teenagers on mushrooms go to, like, <laughs> Pretty scare <much>. each other. <laughs> um. So, when we were discussing urban legends from Long Island earlier, you mentioned the Scary two-lane road where you honk three times. Yes. So I went with a group of people uh, when we were in high school. And uh, from my recollection, you drove to uh, this town out east on Long Island, near where Walt Whitman was born, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, you park under a bridge, like a a low kind of stone bridge on this two-lane, windy North Shore road, um, turn your headlights off, and I think uh, honk three times. And then something was meant to happen. I don't know what <laughs> it was uh, precisely, but in, in retrospect, turning off your headlights in a black car under a bridge at night. Not Terrible a great idea. idea. Not a real, great idea. bad. Um, so there's actually a couple of stories. The road that you're thinking of is called Sweet Hollow Road. Sweet Hollow Road, yep. yes. Uh, there's a couple of legends around this area. Uh, there's no records of any of the stories that are related to the legends actually ever happening. I mean, why would there um, be? But... It doesn't stop anyone who just got their driver's license from going there anyway. Yeah. And, like, I mean, talk about, like, trying to take someone out on a weird date or trying to, like, feel like you're part of the cool older kids. Mm. I mean, this is the kind of thing that, like, all teenagers did on okay. Long Island. So, story number one about the Sweet Hollow Road. I'm ready. Three boys all commit suicide together by hanging themselves off the bridge. <sighs> Not great, you know. But classic middle school, we're scared of death sort someone of situation. here now, it's scary. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um... The legend has it that if you go under the bridge, flash your light three times, you'll see three bodies hanging there. Uh, other stories say, like, if you're just driving by and you're dri- like, as you're coming out the other side, you'll see the bodies hanging. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, in, in recollection, that, that seems about what we, were, what we were going for. Yeah. Pretty why? much. 15-year-old Amanda, why? Kind of creepy but not super cool. It could be kind of sad. Yeah, at that point, but you know, I, I teenagers are morbid in that way. Right, and and like I, I guess kind of looking back, you don't really think about death happening to you, you, you mm-hmm. just kind of are coming to terms with it as like a force in the world, right. so I, you know, thinking about, about it happening to other people, you sort of, you know, that's an abstraction right. and it's sort of like the, the ghosts and the here and now that are like interesting in some way. Yeah, and the teenagers are very much like, I'm gonna live forever. Yeah. Nothing can hurt me yeah i as a teenager i was like what are they talking about but now looking back i'm like shit you engage in so many risky behaviors like it's not even fun and like i was a nerd like i'm a nerd like i didn't do much (laughs) and still looking back i'm like why did we get into the car with that person he's such a bad driver yeah seriously another story about sweet hollow road number two Um, is said to be about a bus full of children who crashed on a snowy day by driving off a bridge killing everyone on board uh okay yeah. I mean Not very creative, if I were judging it. Uh, When I asked, when I was talking to Jake about this story, actually, he was like, "I always thought they were like from a camp that was nearby, and now the camp and the bridge are haunted." I'm like, (laughs) "That's like classic urban legend, though, where it all has different variations depending on who you're talking to." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of like it as like a multi destination, you know, ghost haunting night. Mm -hmm. You know, go to the bridge, go to the camp, like try to make out with the person you're sitting next to. Sure, it's all, it's all a ploy. Uh, Jake, apparently his dad took him to this bridge when they were really? 12, I think, or something. Uh, he would. Um, and they were being dicks and they were pretending they couldn't get the car to start. Ooh. And because they were jolting around with the ignition so much, the car actually stalled and they couldn't get it started. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and Jake and uh, his friend were freaking out over it, but it's uh, very funny. It's pretty classic. Um, so anyway, children all die, fell off a bridge in a bus. Spirits podcast. Spirits podcast. (laughs) Um, It's said that if you drive under the bridge and put your car in neutral, the car will start to move under the bridge, and that's because it said the kids, the ghosts of the kids, are pushing the car out of the way. Um, Needless to say, that bridge is uh, on an incline, so if your car starts moving, it's because you're on an incline. It is on a hill. I mean, I guess you want to move uphill and not downhill. Yeah, but you're moving downhill in that situation. Super risky behavior. So put your car in neutral <laughs> on a dark really hill. That's really dumb. Please don't. Then there's Mount Misery. Have you heard of Mount Misery before? I have not. Okay. So it's actually pretty close to Sweet Hollow Road. A lot of their mythology is connected. Okay. Um, so its frightening history dates back to Native American times. Uh, when Long Island was sold to European settlers for a whopping total of $25. That's true. Yeah, that's actually true. Uh, The local tribes told the settlers to stay away from the area, claiming that there was a man-beast that roamed the hills. Sounds like an error in translation, but let's continue. Man-beast. I mean, I guess that's kind of creepy. I'm thinking, like, werewolves. Or maybe they were like, yo, like... Ted lives there. Please don't disturb him. (laughs) Please leave Ted alone. So in 1840, there was another insane asylum built on Mount Misery. We had a lot of insane asylums at one point. I mean, Long Island was was a a kind of comparatively... I don't know, like, bustling place. Yeah. It was like a country retreat um, for folks from New York City. Mm-hmm. It had a population of its own, of fishermen and whalers yeah. and shipbuilders, um, and it's been, ha- you know, it's been habitated for, for a long time, since the end of the 17th century. Right, but there's a shit ton of asylums, is basically the point of that. Um, <laughs> right, But yeah. by which I mean, like, more people, more asylums, yeah. but also maybe we're all a little bit more crazy. Uh huh. Um, so, it was built in 1840. It burned down shortly after killing most of the patients. Oh, wow. Uh, 15 years later, the hospital was rebuilt, uh, and they were said that the smell of burning never left the place. Uh, creepy. Yeah, which yeah. apparently was true, because five months after that, it burned down again, and they just kind of gave up. <laughs> so interestingly, we haven't really talked about aliens too much on this show. We haven't. But uh, Mount Misery has had a shit ton of UFO sightings. Ah. Oh. Um, it's actually really interesting. So, a woman claimed that she was visited by Men in Black after spotting UFOs in the area and called the local radio station. I think it was um, WBAB. Okay, which you know, about classic WBAB. Long Island. I classic do. Island, Long Island. I think their thing is like classic rock. Long Island's only classic rock station. <laughs> that WBAB <sounds> about right. <laughs> is literally what their slogan is. Listeners, please email us voice memos of you saying the tagline of your local rock station. I love that. I love it too. um So, she apparently got a number of what she claimed to be crank calls on her unlisted phone number where metallic voices ordered her to meet her on <gasps> the mount. Oh, God. Yeah, that's creepy as fuck. That is creepy as fuck. I and mean, it sounds like elevation wise. Right, yeah. It's probably like dues with vocoders, but imagine how creepy that is. Still, yeah. or like an elaborate hallucination, like props. Like, there's some good world building in that yeah. hallucination. Done good. You done good, Christy. Took some seriously, serious LSD, Christy. <laughs> See, Christy, the 60s came back to haunt you. Oh, Your mom yeah. was right. <laughs> Metabolize it to the fat cells. It never leaves you. Don't do LSD. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. So coming down to the final and probably most well-known Long Island myth. Do you know what I'm thinking of, Amanda? Uh. You don't say it. Just tell me if you think you know what I'm talking about. I don't think so. Okay, and you'll know when I say it. You'll be like, why did I not remember that? I'm ready. There's a house that is a rite of passage oh, of on Long Island. My driver's ed teacher mine took it. Mine too! There. Fuck! <laughs> did we the same one? The, like, stout kind of creepy guy? No, with, like, I hair. took mine out in, uh, in- Oh, out, out east. east, yeah. So. Okay. Um, so this is the kind of house where someone will make you go and sit outside the house and stare at it for as long as- as you, like, for as long as possible until you decide you see something. And then it flips you the fuck out. Is that, like, the structure of what you're supposed to do? Well, that's that's what people do now. Oh. But it's not really the Like, structure. they go to visit and they wait until right. they see something creepy. Right, yeah. exactly. It's the kind of, ooh, I'm scared now, we should leave. But, you know. Most people know the Amityville Horror House... You from do. the really shitty movies, you do, uh, especially the uh, Ryan Reynolds one. That one is terrible. Oh my god, I haven't seen that. It's yet. really bad, Amanda. Watch it on we should. It, the, he has like a ridiculous, unnecessary beard in it, oh, and beautiful. there's like unnecessary sex scenes, and it's just really, really bad. I'm already down. <laughs> um, so. There's actually two stories about the Amityville Horror House. Do you know that that there's two stories about the Amityville No, and just for context, Amityville is like, if you, like, Long Island is a big long fish. Amityville is about two-thirds of the way out. It's in Suffolk County, which is the east county. It's not the Hamptons, and it's not, like, the suburbs of New York City. It's really in the middle, Mm -hmm. um, kind of farmish territory. But Amityville itself is is a pretty big town, comparatively. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, the story begins with a man named Ronald DeFeo Jr., Better known to his friends as Butch. Um, Classic so, Long Island Italian-American. Oh, 100%. It gets even more Italian-American. Just give me a few seconds. Oh my seconds. God, I'm so ready. Shortly after 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday, November 13th, Ooh, 1974. A timeline. Uh, Butch rushed into a bar known as Henry's, exclaiming, You've got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. Oh God. Um, a group of people go... Sorry, what year? I forgot uh, 1974. Okay. A uh, group of people go with DeFeo back to the house, where they don't just find his parents dead, but find everyone in the house besides Butch has been killed, lying face down in their beds with gunshot wounds. <gasps> um, they'd all been shot around by the same gun around three in the morning the day before. Wow. The day before? Yes. So it was 6.30 at night the day after. Ugh. Originally, the police took Butch in for custody, uh, thinking that the deaths had been related, get this, the result of a mob hit. All right. The most Italian-American thing on Long Island you could possibly assume. Long Island is is big with the mob. Yeah, it's uh, big in the mob. This happens a decent amount of time during in the, and of the mob. Yes. Um, uh, it's uh, not uncommon during our childhoods for our parents in the car to point out to us like, Oh yeah, that's mob guy. You know, like, like we just knew the cars or drove. like, you know, someone's parent would like not be around for a couple of years and yeah. then, you know, it'll be, you'll just be like, oh. he went away. Yeah. He right. went away for went vacation. Away. Quote yes. unquote. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, They take Butch into custody. They interview him. He ends up confessing to the killings. He even said, once I started, I couldn't stop. It went so fast. Uh, They went for the insanity defense, uh, saying he heard his family's voices in his heads plotting to kill him. They even said at one point that the dog was telling him to kill everyone. I mean, host nation's paranoia. I mean, a thing that people experience right. and super super scary. Also, the defense was pointing out like, "Oh, but you know, used heroin and LSD a lot and had an antisocial personality disorder." Um, but he still wound up serving six concurrent life sentences. Okay. He's still alive and still in jail. Actually, seems... they keep denying his uh, bail. So, or that, that seems pretty cool. fair, all things considered. Yeah. Um, so. There's sort of a terrible legend that DeFeo De was influenced to commit the murders by spirits from a Lenape, which is a local Native American tribe, yes. uh, burial ground, uh, where which was on the site where the house is built. Like, some poltergeist-ass shit right there. White people, please don't. Um, but also local historians and, like, local tribe members uh, say that's a lot of horse shit. There was yep. no burial site over there. That's nope. a lot of crap that Long Islanders came up with because everyone watched the poltergeist. Yeah, and, like, the Lenape... They wouldn't live in Avenueville. <laughs> yeah, no, they're like north and more in the woods. Yeah, area. Has nothing in it. You yeah. know, it's, it's like just flat land. Uh, the next year, No uh, offense, Amityville. No, we love Avenueville. They mean, have some good bar venues. Actually, they they have yes, they have some great music venues, some good bars, and uh, really good driver's ed courses yes our driver's ed instructors drove us 20 miles out of the way to a visit the amityville horror house and b practice our uh k-turns my guy always would get coffee at the dunkin donuts and then make us drive to the amityville horror house while he (laughs) finished his coffee (laughs) it was a dick i want to have a podcast just interviewing uh driver's ed instructors (laughs) that would be a ridiculous podcast like what a group of people that would be insane what a cross-section of humanity yeah that's true. It's right? mostly teenagers, but then you get like crazy people who are like, I never learned how to drive. <laughs> no, all, oh, oh, as, as yeah. students. I was going to say, all my instructors were like older dudes. Yeah, that's true. Who you would picture like either owning a comic book shop or like having a basement laboratory where they like sampled human flesh. That's <laughs> accurate, but terrifying <laughs> at the same time. I've been watching Criminal Minds. Okay. Um, So the next year, December 18th, 1975, the Lutz family moved into the Amityville home. They bought it for a steal at the time. $80,000. This was a... I miss the 70s. This was like a five bedroom, three bathroom house or something like that. Yeah. Maybe six bedroom. Again, like a nice part of ta- a nice part yeah. of Long Island. And this also included all the furniture that was remaining in the house, which is creepy. Never buy the furniture no. with a house. That's no. terrifying no. and Stop. asking to be haunted. Clean slate. Yeah. Just just throw it for the out. I just best, toss it in like, the trash. Granny smell. Yeah. At worst, haunted haunting. shit. Um, to be fair, the real estate agent did tell them about the murders and the leftists were cool (laughs) with it. You have to actually. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, I don't know if that was still like a thing in the 1970s, but I guess now it's like, you have to legally tell them about murders. I think, yes, you have to disclose uh, something that impacts the value of the home. Okay. I guess that's fair. And, like, notoriety of that extreme degree does. Right. Uh, So the Lutzes are moving in. They tell a friend about the murders. He insists on uh, having the house blessed. Uh, Both of the Lutzes were non-practicing Christians. I think the wife was Lutheran and the husband was some sort of non-denominational Christian or something like that. All right, but they're, like, down with it. Um, they're down with it. Uh, they're like, okay, whatever. Um, so they have a priest named Father Ralph Pecoraro, I think is how you pronounce it. Okay. Yeah, like, it, yeah. Italian-American, uh, Long Island, yeah, what? A Roman Catholic. <laughs> um, he comes to the house as they're unpacking. Uh, he starts performing the blessing, uh, and as he gets to one of the rooms upstairs, he hears a masculine voice tell him, Get out. Oh, God. And then leaves without telling the fucking family that he heard a weird demonic voice. Come on, Father. Like, he calls them, uh, like, a week later on Christmas Eve, telling Mr. Lutz to stay out of the room where he heard the voice from. The priest even told them that he had developed a fever and blisters after visiting the home. Come on. That's stuff you have to disclose. That's so dumb. So dumb. So at first, the Lutzes don't really experience anything and kind of dismiss the priest, Um, But then shit starts going down. Oh, God. Each night, George, the husband, uh, woke up at 3.15 every morning and would go down to the boathouse. This is about the same time that the forensics team decided that's when all the DeFeos died. Oh, God. Wait, was um, he sleepwalking? No, he would just, like, get up. He's like, I want to stretch my legs and every fucking day go down to the boathouse at 3.15. Boathouse meaning, uh, like, a house on the It loop. was on the yep. water. Yeah. It was, like, the little house where you store the rowboat and shit. Oh, so his, like, his, like lake garage. Right. Um, his lake garage, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and by lake, I mean <laughs> the ocean. Um, another thing, in the middle of winter, the house had swarms of flies, even though <gasps> you're not supposed to fucking have flies in the winter. Oh, God. Um, the Lutz children's all started sleeping on their stomachs, which is the same position all the bodies were found in. Uh, Mr. Lutz discovered this is my favorite one. Mr. Lutz discovered a room in the basement that was painted all red and did not appear in the blueprints of the house. What? I know, that's fucking crazy, isn't it? A, how did those inspectors miss that? B, Get out! They started calling it like the Red Room. I'm like, oh no, oh, oh no. no. That's we know so that bad. Japanese urban legend. You don't fuck with that. <laughs> um, when they were making a fire in the middle of winter once, the image of a demon with his half blown off head was burned into the soot of their fireplace. Okay. That one's a little bit more bullshit. That but. sounds like you're you're interpreting your like ten-year-old's piece of art mm-hmm. and you're like it looks, it looks kind looks like of a like a demon it. that had its head blown off. Yeah, yeah, only half blown off though, because yeah. she like she smudged the corner of that drawing. You know, <laughs> speaking of their children, their youngest daughter Please Missy don't. Don't. had a creepy imaginary friend named Jody, which looked like a demonic pig with glowing red eyes, which the parents all reported seeing glimpses of. Like at one point, George <sighs> was like going upstairs and heard a noise and like looked down. He said, he where's to God? He saw a pig run by the staircase." The mom was putting Missy to bed at one point and like saw glowing red eyes at the window that she had just closed because missy said jody just went out that window (gasps) children are creepy as fuck and like best case scenario it's a raccoon worst case scenario get the fuck out raccoon eyes glow green though in the light amanda (gasps) creepy uh another creepy ass thing that this child used to do was she would sing constantly while she was in her bedroom uh, I mean, uh, a okay, child, and then would would stop when she left off, but would start up again exactly where she left every time she entered the room. Oh, so like 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 go down to dinner, come right. back, and like start off at the same bar exactly. Um, that's okay, kind of creepy. That children are always creepy. creepy. Children, children are, are creepy, creepy, and singing children are creepier. The creepiest children who sing and have imaginary friends that look like demon pigs just like the trifecta of creepiness I, and and like my my like maternal side is like i hope she isn't being abused you know and mm-hmm. and like and like terrible shit is is refracting into right. a sort of like really imaginative you know kind of like dreamscape yeah. however through the lens of the Amityville horror. Get the fuck out. Yes. So deciding all this was super creepy and inexplainable, the Lutzes decided they uh, were going to try their own blessing because they couldn't get the priest to come back. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he was just like, well, fuck it. I'm not coming back. You're on your own now. So January 8th, Mr. Lutz The Dunder Party of Amityville. <laughs> <laughs> January 8th, Mr. Lutz starts uh, doing his own blessing. He has a crucifix. Wait, Donner's a reindeer. The Donner party. Yes. The Donner party yes. of Amityville. No, Donner is also the uh, name Donder of it. Donner and Blitz. I don't think it's Donder. Bitch, I'm ready. I think it's Donner. <laughs> Hold on. Fact check. Okay, go ahead. Wait, our producer's on the line. Eric, is it Donder the reindeer or it's Donner? Donner. Hold on. Damn it, it's Donner. Yeah, uh, fuck yeah. No, on. Not, not giving you a high five. Okay, uh... Mr. Lutz, January 8th, performing his own blessing on the house. He has a crucifix. He's saying the Lord's Prayer. At the time where he stopped the first time he did the Lord's Prayer, he heard a chorus of voices asking, Will you stop? (gasps) (laughs) No! Yeah. So that was the last night they stayed in the house. The ghosts are collective bargaining. Yes, <laughs> that is the last night they stayed in the house. They took their things. They flee to Mrs. Lutz's mother's house, which it was in nearby Babylon. Nice. Uh, the Lutz family spent a whopping 28 days in the house before they fled. That is 28 too many, yeah. but good job family for pulling the fuck out when the going got bad. Yeah. This is where the Warrens come in. Oh. Do you know anything about the Warrens? Did you see The Conjuring? No. Okay. So the Warrens are paranormal investigators. Okay, so their names are Ed and Lorraine Warren. Okay. Uh, Ed is just, like, a scientist, and Lorraine claims to have, uh, like, psychic powers, Mm -hmm. so she connects with spirits and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, Jake loves these people. They're super interesting. Before Long Island Medium, there were the Warrens. (laughs) Fucking Long Island Medium. People go to YouTube and look up the Long Island Medium you will understand from whence we came, and luckily <laughs> not? we didn't. Luckily, we didn't turn out like that. It is pretty representative pretty, of our of our home. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> um, so the. Warren's the paranormal investigators. Uh, they invited the L- they heard about the Lutz's issues. Yeah, I think the Lutzes might have contacted them. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, she would have found out. Uh, the investigators actually invited the Lutz's to come with them as they investigated the house, but the Lutzes refused. So they're like, fuck no, we're not <laughs> stepping in that place again. Again, the second good decision to happen this whole podcast. Don't. Uh, during the investigation, Ed was supposedly pushed to the floor by an unseen spirit, mm. while Lorraine, who is the psychic, was overwhelmed with a sense of demonic presence. Wow. Research by the Warrens revealed that the land used to be owned by a a man named John Ketchum, which made me think of Ash Ketchum. Obvi. He apparently was a practicing black magician, quote unquote, um, and had a cottage on the land prior to the construction of the Dutch colonial house that is there now. His remains were apparently still on the property. They never found them, obviously, because no one wanted to dig up the land to see if this guy's dead body was there. Uh, the Lutzes sold all of their belongings uh, along with the house and then moved to California. Good call, y'all. Good call, Lutzes. Much better. Interestingly, did you know that the Amity House uh, is still for sale? Uh, no, I did not know that. I mean, it's it's been sold between people for the yeah. past couple of years or something. Um, so. They actually did a really good job renovating it. It doesn't look like the house from the movies anymore. Yeah, but like, It doesn't have the weird demon eyes right. anymore, which is kind of sad. I mean, but you do have dry ed instructors idling outside <laughs> about, about twice a day. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it went for 950000 in 2010. Huh. Uh, it's going for... Eight hundred and fifty thousand right now, Uh, which for like a five bedroom, three and a half bath on Long Island is not a bad deal whatsoever. Yeah, but like it's the Amityville Horror. It's on the water though. It's on the water. It's got like a greenhouse. Oh, I forgot that it is on the water. That's why it's got a little little like canal systems, right? Oh, yeah. So it's for sale now. If you want to go and have these with me, I mean, fuck no. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, we could we could make the uh, the murder red room that's not on the blueprint into a bar. That would be fun. Uh, your idea of fun and my idea of fun <laughs> are very occasionally extremely divergent. That's true. So I feel like do like a good speakeasy. Yeah. But not in the basement of the Amityville Horror House. That's I true. have to draw the line somewhere. I, I would be into that though. So I think that's sort of a very small sampling of the crazy stories that we grew up with. Being on Long Island. And I, I do love them, right? Because as I kind of mentioned with the Venn diagram earlier, so we have our example of kind of like institutional wrongs, right? Mm. Like a like a system that is kind of sad and tragic and lots of individual lives are swept up into it and, you know, changed irre- irrevocably by it. You know, by by that terrible system. Like institutions are, are scary for that reason. Mm-hmm. Then secondly, we have kind of quotidian death, right? Like kind of everyday, hopelessly common death, whether Mm -hmm. it's suicide or whether it's an an accident involving children, involving teens, like whatever, um, you know, that's another kind of death that we sort of try to understand and deal with through Mm myth-making. Um, and then finally, I don't know, you got that good demonic lore. We just love a good, uh, we love a good murder. We love a good murder and trying to explain it. We do. And and we have that like good, good creepy child singing. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of lots of good things in there. An exorcism, creepy like aminevil fishman, black magician mm-hmm. from the earlier times. Good, solid. So much good and and we managed to fold in the creepy drivers' head instructors. Always good. That's our backyard, y'all. God, I feel like I could tell stories like this all night. I mean I have lots of personal experiences yeah. too of just like just I don't know, I guess I guess suburban teens everywhere. Like you've no place to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like like school is closed at night, your parents' house, you know, you don't want to stay in mm-hmm. or you can't go to or you've little siblings or whatever. Um, and so you just drive. You just drive around. Yeah. And like listening to whatever, pop punk, listening to musicals, listening to audiobooks didn't really wasn't really a thing back in the no. day. We didn't listen to podcasts either. Mm-hmm. They were they were too new. Um, but just driving around in the dark, like telling stories trying not to be scared trying to scare each other um you know trying to one-up one another it really is a fertile breeding ground for for mythology and myth making and it feels like home that's that's what home is, is yeah. the stories that are unique to yourself and the people around you and your community. Yeah. And like you see people that you went to elementary and middle and high school with, you know, 5, 10, we'll get there hopefully 15, 20 years after you last see them. Um, and if you have occasion to talk to each other, uh, that is the kind of thing that will like immediately bring you back, right? Is like mm-hmm. the myths that you told each other at sleepovers, right? Or like late at night or the, you know, fast food that you ran during your lunch break in high school to get to before, uh, you know, the period was up anyway. It, uh, I don't know. I don't think I really realized while we were living through it, how, how much of an impression daily life made on me. Yeah. Like clothes you wore, routines you had, you know, tea you bought coffee, you bought like things you listened to on the way to and from school, uh, French fries you ate Chinese food you ordered like that, that, that to me is the, the fabric of growing up. Yeah. And uh, worst case scenario for this Thanksgiving, if you need to derail a political conversation with your crazy uncle, you tell one of these crazy stories instead. Yeah, Wiki Amityville Horror, you know, commit just a couple of those details to mind. And, Make up uh, the rest. <laughs> Make up the rest. That's what the rest of us do. <laughs> Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Subscribe to Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Spirits Podcast. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spirits you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, director's commentary, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings. If you like the show, please share with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.